Here we are again. Once again, we're here for the little bit, just a little bit, Out West podcast. This week, we're going to get a little bit Out West, and we're going to talk about forgiveness. Now, this is a this is a tough subject for a lot of people, um, and I'm I'm hoping that I'm going to be able to resolve some of these things for you. Because it's really not nearly as as complicated as you may think that it is. So just to start, let's look at the Greek word forgiveness. In the Bible, it means freedom or pardon or to send away. Matthew 6, Jesus talks about this and he says, If you forgive men their trespasses, or in other words, what they did wrong against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. This is this is a really hard one to get a hold of because it's kind of like, wait a second, God's supposed to forgive me. I mean, that's the whole thing about God is that there's grace and that he forgives me. And that's exactly right. I'm going to try to unwind this verse real quick before we get too far into this because I really feel like this is sort of the Rosetta Stone for understanding forgiveness. When you are forgiving someone, you're not saying it's okay what they did. What you're saying is is that I am not their judge. I'm not the one who decides what gets to happen to this person. And, you know, we talked about this when we talked about revenge, if you remember. If we are putting ourselves in the position of being like God by deciding whether or not they get to get away with or whether they get to be damned forever. And that's not our job. We're, we're operating outside of our job description if we are not in forgiveness. And this is the reason. He says, if you don't forgive men what they do, God can't forgive your trespasses either. And that's because you've taken yourself out of that place of being under grace and you've placed yourself in position of their judge. And you've decided what needs to happen with them. And when you do that, you take yourself out of a position of being under grace. You can't you can't give what you don't have. Uh, and we know the story uh, Jesus tells a story in Matthew 18. There's this person who owes somebody else a ton of money, lots and lots of money. And the kind of money that they're talking about, 10,000 talents. Okay, put that into today's terms. We're talking about a day's wages. So most people nowadays in, in general, in your general economy in American dollars, we're talking about $100 a day approximately. And so you figure you're talking about 10,000 times 100. Okay, my math's not that great, but 10,000 times 100, we're talking about a million dollars here. So this guy owes this other guy about a million dollars. And he went in there and he said, look, I, I, I'm really sorry. I'm, I'm going to try to pay you back. Some things have happened. Life hasn't been so great for me. Just give me some time, and and I'll pay you back. And the guy says, you know what? Just don't worry about it. You don't owe me anything. Just let it go. It's fine. Whatever. Just keep the money. 
it, it it's fine. So then the guy walks out the door and he sees this other guy that owes him like 10 bucks. And he grabs him by the throat and he says, you better pay me my 10 bucks. You owe me 10 bucks. And so when the other guy finds out about it, he says, okay, that that's wrong. That's just wrong. No, we're not doing that. I forgave you a million dollars and you're going to make this guy pay you 10 bucks and you're going to abuse him and treat him wrong. No, that's it. You're, you're done, buddy. And they sent him into, uh, you know, just like if, if you went to court, they sent him into court and he's found guilty of not paying his debts. And so he goes to jail. This is where we are in our relationship with God. Jesus is saying, look, if you can't forgive other people the $10 they owe you, and maybe it's something really important. Maybe they killed somebody. Maybe they hurt somebody. But in comparison to what God has done for us, no matter what they've done to you, it doesn't even compare to what God has done for us. And and I and I think this is really where a lot of people fall down in this area because we don't really understand exactly what God has done for us. We don't understand that in ourselves. As a sinful person, we deserve hell for the rest of eternity. We're talking about the rest of forever just because, not because we've done anything wrong, just because we're the kind of people that we can't understand love. We were sinful people, and we deserve to go to hell forever. But God says, look, I understand why it's that way for you, and I'm giving you this gift of grace, and that's why it's amazing grace. The person who wrote that song, even though he was a slaver and he had enslaved people and put them on ships and brought them across and kidnapped them, even though he did all that, God was able to forgive him, and he recognized that, and that's why he wrote that song, Amazing Grace, because it is amazing. And until we can understand what Jesus did for us and understand the depth of that, we don't realize that what somebody else did to us, no matter how bad it was, no matter if you're going to, if you go to a concentration camp and you're abused and beaten to death and worked to death until you die in a, alone in a nameless grave, that doesn't compare to what God has forgiven us from because we are even if you're a good person, you're not, you're not perfect, and you deserve hell. This is, this is really difficult for people. Atheists cannot get a hold of this because they're like, well, no, wait, I did okay. I, I, I did good things. Good things are never going to get you to heaven. You can't get there on your good things because we've talked about this before this year, last year. We talked about how all the good things you've ever done in terms of the goodness of God and where you should be and where you need to be and where you where God needs you to be, that's a filthy rag. And so what we deserve is the deepest, darkest hell. But God says, I don't want to do that to you. I know it's not really your, your fault. You were born that way. And I'm extending to you this grace if you'll receive it. Okay, so 
Somebody once said that refusing to forgive is like taking poison and expecting the other person to die. This is where we get to when we start being that person that says, no, you owe me. We're killing ourselves, literally, spiritually. We're killing ourselves, and we're, we think that we are dispensing justice on that other person, and really we are the one that's suffering for it. And so we've discussed that it is God's will to forgive. The scripture makes it clear that there is never a time when it's okay to refuse to forgive. It's never okay to not forgive. But when we come up into these situations where somebody has done horrible things to us, we're not saying that you continue to allow those people to hurt you and injure you. That's not forgiveness. The forgiveness is that you're turning it over to God and letting him handle the judgment because we're not qualified. When you look at the life of Jesus, Jesus allowed himself to suffer and experience pain as a victim, but that's not our job because Jesus did that for a reason. He did that on our behalf. And you can look in the scripture and see that Jesus didn't have to go to the cross and he wasn't killed. He gave up his life. In Luke chapter 4, it says that he just walked away. He only went to the cross later and he only suffered later because that was how he was going to defeat sin. If he went and did that on our behalf, then he would defeat sin. And that's why he did it. Not because they didn't drag him off and crucify him against his will. He went with them on his own accord. He did it as an act of war on our behalf, not as a victim of abuse. For instance, on this subject, a snake. Let's take a snake, for example. I can love a snake, but that doesn't mean I have to allow that snake to bite me. That's poison. That's going to kill me. It's not love to let other people abuse me and bite me like a snake. I can forgive them, but I can also walk away from that situation and say, this is God's problem. I'm not going to deal with that. But I also know that those people are unhealthy for me to be around because they hurt me. And that's not good. And I'm going to leave them with God. He can take care of that. And I'm going to get on with my life away from that situation. And what we know, based on Scripture and just looking around, nobody really gets away with anything. When we forgive someone and we let we turn that over to God, God will make sure that justice is done in that situation. And if they repent and they come to God and they say, I'm sorry for hurting that other person, then God will work with that and bring them into the same place that you are brought into. We just have to recognize it's not our job to be the judge. All right. I think we all understand, and I'm not going to continue on that subject just because I know that you know that since we've been forgiven, we can be patient, we can be understanding of other people's ignorance, and we can forgive them just because we've been forgiven because we were ignorant.
moving on to the next part of our program. So on the same subject, I just want to answer this question. Shane asked me a question and said, how do I know that I'm forgiven? I don't feel like I'm forgiven. So we have talked about faith over the past year or so. And so you understand that faith is that place of resting in the knowledge of something, even though you may or may not be able to see it, but it's an assurance that you have based on a certain set of evidence. And one of the things that you learn walking with Christ is that you really can't trust your feelings, almost never. I mean, your feelings are important and your feelings tell you certain things, but feelings are not the way that you determine some, whether something is right or not. I mean, your feelings can tell you that eating sugar is fun and it's good and it, it's enjoyable, but your knowledge of how things work knows that too much sugar is going to be bad for you. And at a certain point, you have to tell your feelings, hey, we can't keep doing this because this is not going to be good for my teeth and it's not going to be good for my system and I'm going to it can make me sick. And so, in the same way, feelings can't really be trusted. They have to be tempered by understanding truth and reality. And feelings many times are not truth or reality. In the same way, God says that he has forgiven us. He said in Isaiah that he is no longer angry with us. He's not upset with us. He's not in a bad mood. God loves us, right? We've talked about this, that God is love. God has always loved us. The reason people received judgment was because they were trying to act as their own savior, so to speak. All the way through history and every day, we go through this thing that Eve went through, which is I'm smarter than God. I know what's right. And it's the same with our feelings. And if God says, I have forgiven you, I love you, I want you to be part of my family, the reality about that is that the way I feel has absolutely nothing to do with that. Now, there is there is that thing about shame and guilt, and there there's a place for it. We do need to recognize where we are with God and say, you know what? I'm not where I wish I was. I'm not where I want to be. I've done some things. I, I haven't been where I needed to be. And that's when you get closer. If you have a friendship with someone and you never spend any time together, then you're going to come to that place where you feel disconnected with that person. It doesn't mean they don't love you anymore. It doesn't mean you don't love them anymore. You just are disconnected from each other. And so there's that feeling of space. And that's what happens with God. He still loves you. He still wants you as his family. He still is willing to overlook the mistakes that you make. And as you recognize, oh, okay, I've made some mistakes. I need restoration in this relationship then we move back over closer with God and 
we put ourselves back into that place of relationship. But God doesn't wait for us to do that. We are pushing away from God by our shame and guilt. We're saying, and we're right, we're saying, I don't deserve forgiveness. I don't deserve his grace. Well, that, all of that's true. Of course it is. But the reality is, is that he has made us right with himself and he wants relationship with us and he has opened the door to let us into that relationship. Our job is to say, yes, I made mistakes. Yes, I'm not worthy. Yes, I'm, I'm a terrible person in a lot of different ways. But God loves me anyway, and he's opened the door for me, and I accept that because I want a relationship with him. And that's really what forgiveness is all about, forgiveness for ourselves. And even though we don't feel like it, we are forgiven. Do you remember in the story of David in the Bible, there was a story of Mephibosheth. And Mephibosheth, who was Jonathan's son, David allowed him to come and live in the palace and eat the king's food and wear the king's clothes for no reason other than his father was named Jonathan and he was David's best friend. In the exact same way, God says, you are friends with Jesus and because of that, you can live in my house, eat my food, wear my clothes, be my friend because you're friends with Jesus any friend of Jesus is a friend of mine. All right. All right. So that's the end of the program this week. Make sure you reach out. Send me an email. Let me know you listen to the podcast. Let me know if you have any questions. You know how I am. I like to hear from you guys. So, uh, And thanks again for the question from Shane. I appreciate it, and y'all have a great week. I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.